podcast the most popular podcast in the greater bone gap area i am ryan peter bushels and barrels on tiktok is where you can generally find me you are dying laughing (laughs) (laughs) yep in the bone gap area in the greater bone gap area the great there's no doubt this is the biggest podcast i mean by leaps and bounds nobody has more downloads and listens than what we do in the greater bone gap area that's pretty solid yep i would say you are correct (laughs) so you've reached the bushels and barrels program we're glad you hear it is friday morning i'm not extremely busy to get out of the house today so uh you're gonna get a good one i think it's not rushed i did my show prep jess did you do any show prep i did not zero oh yeah yeah and by the way i am always joined (laughs) by my perspiring patriot (laughs) My partner in freedom. Say hello, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's extremely embarrassing, but okay. What is? The <laughs> perspiring, perspiring patriot? patriot? Yes. Well, it's hot outside. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Even when it's 30, I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> it ain't no shit. Oh, shoot. So, uh, we had a good week farming this week. Yeah, you have. You ran, you ran very hard. Really hard. Very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people do binge Netflix. Mm-hmm. Some people binge drink. This week, I binge planted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hardcore, like... Mm-hmm. Leaving at 6.30 and coming back in at 10 or 11. Or, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. up and at him again the next day. Yep. Haven't mm-hmm. seen Alden very much. No. He's probably grown a couple inches since I've seen him last. <laughs> he misses his dad. Yes, he does. Yeah. Anybody dating a farmer, just know that you're going to be like a single mom six months out of the out of the year. <laughs> I wouldn't go six months, but if they're a farmer and an oil producer, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're done. Or a farmer in any other job. (laughs) (laughs) Single uh, parent. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, we we did real good this week. Um, Obviously, I've got my last 100 acres of corn in the ground, so it's on the way. And uh, if you all saw my TikTok from last Saturday as I was on my four-wheeler checking out uh, all the corn, making sure I didn't need to do any replanting anywhere, I found that pass that I just completely missed. Mm. And I don't know how it happened. Like, one full pass, I just did not plant. Did you go down there the row, you think? No, I didn't even drive down it. You didn't drive like, down Like, I flat didn't yeah. do it. I folded up and left the field. What causes that? Distraction? Or? Uh, you know, a better way to farm. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of his garbage that he puts out there and the snake oils that he promotes. I'm uh-huh. going to say, he's, he's not a big fan of spreading dry fertilizer. Okay. And I, I spread dry fertilizer. I think that was my problem. Instead of, okay. Instead of using dry- his snake oils. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so I spread dry fertilizer, and for some reason that made me forget that pass. Yeah. Did you go plant that pass? I did. Okay. I did. Good. I had to. I, it took an extra hour and a half out of my day <laughs> to move the tractor as all I finished up the last field of corn, mm-hmm. which I didn't miss a pass in, mm-hmm. to drive all the way over there and grab that one pass. It was probably a total of three quarters of an acre. But I'll tell you what, whenever you put $200 an acre worth of just nitrogen alone on the field, uh-huh. you're going to utilize it. It's a lot of money. It is. Yeah. It is. And okay. then it just make you look real bad if you don't go get it. Like, <laughs> That's true. That know. would look really silly out there. Yeah. I mean, One pass, not Prospective planted. landowner that you might get to farm for down the road and they're driving down. And naturally, it's not quite on Route 130, but close enough. 
Mm-hmm. That just wouldn't look good just to leave that pass. It'd be like, All the other farmers would be really confused, scratching their head too, wouldn't they? Oh, everybody would. Yeah. So you were out looking at the fields to see, just to see if you've got a stand. Yeah, just make, the, doing yeah, stand counts, making, making sure. sure that it all came up, that I'm not missing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, last Saturday it was kind of wet out still, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, out there it was a beautiful day now you mentioned replanting earlier there are some farmers who listen to this show or i'm sorry non-farmers so can you explain replant sure i mean it's exactly the way it sounds whenever um we go out we try to wait till the field conditions are right get out there and plant it remember how i always tell you that the first 14 days of that corn's life is the most most important important. but in all honesty even more important than that is the first 72 hours okay to try to get it from a seedling to out of the ground Mm -hmm. well sometimes you go out and plant and 12 hours 24 hours 36 hours later a half inch of rain generally doesn't kill you especially if it was dry to begin with an inch of rain generally doesn't kill you especially if it's dry to begin with you start getting over an inch of rain within the first 36 hours of that seed being planted especially Mm -hmm. on low-lying ground you know well-drained ground like hills not quite as important Mm -hmm. but low-lying ground you get a bunch of rain on it right after you plant it sometimes that doesn't work out well now you would consider yourself an expert right (laughs) (laughs) on farming (laughs) i how sure. many years have you been farming? I'm in my 22nd crop this year. That is a lot of hours on a tractor. It is. It's a lot of studying crops. And if you're making a living, you probably know what you're doing, right? Huh. Sometimes. It's, it, it all still comes down to God. Now, what you're saying, is it controversial? What? That the first 14 days are the most important? Uh, to, uh, to some dumbass out there, yes, oh, it okay. probably is. <laughs> I'm just curious if but, some farmer's going to disagree with you on the first 14 days being the most important. Oh, I'm sure or the there's first, probably some idiot out there that would. Or the first 72 hours. The being first the most 72 important. hours, okay. how important that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody's going to disagree with you on that. Yeah. Being the most I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. Okay. I was just curious. You know, because everybody's got their own theory and how you, you know, well, you yeah, and the, I, I, I would like to know the guy's argument that does disagree with me on that. Okay. All right. You know, well. People say, no, the most important part of the growing season is the pollination and making sure it rains and it's cool when the corn pollinates. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I agree that's important, but none of it makes a shit if you don't have a stand. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people's asked me before, what do you think is the most important piece of equipment on your farm? Uh-huh. And I've heard farmers say, oh, you got to have a good combine. You uh-huh. got to have a good combine. Yeah. I'm not going to take anything away from that, that a combine is very important. But the most important piece of equipment on my farm that needs to be working in Can I tip guess? top shape. Can I guess? Go for it. Your planter. That's right. <laughs> that planter is the most important mm-hmm. that it's running correctly and you know how to run it correctly mm-hmm. and you do a good job with it. Because without that initial stand, if you don't have that picket fence of corn coming out of the ground at about the same time, and I realize we don't always get that because of weather and, and field conditions and things like that, mm-hmm. but that's what you're shooting for. Yeah. And if you have a planter that's constantly dropping doubles and then skipping, or you can't maintain uh, uh, the correct population that you're shooting for, you're already, you, I mean, you're starting, okay. you're starting in last place I and gotcha. it, it's hard to get caught up, mm-hmm. you know? Now you, you do something different that a lot of other farmers don't do. Some farmers do it, but not a lot. I do a lot of stuff different than a lot of farmers. <laughs> you plant in 20, you plant your corn in 20 inch rows. Yes, I do. And most farmers plant in 30-inch rows, right? Uh, yeah, around here. Is that yeah. controversial? No. No? 
Oh, uh, well, you, everything is controversial. I, okay. I was just on TikTok uh, a couple of weeks ago, and some guy, and I don't know who he was, but he was talking about being in narrow row corn, which is 20 or 15-inch corn. He, I think he mm-hmm. was in 15-inch corn. And he was just talking about the trials and tribulations of trying to spray 15-inch corn because you have to go across ways because you just can't get down the rows because it's just too close. Your tires are too big. You're going to knock down a lot of crops. You'll you'll take out. He was just talking about that, and I was reading through some of the comments. I didn't get involved in any of it, but you have some people out there. It's just like there is absolutely no advantage to narrow row corn, no Mm -hmm. advantage of 15-inch or 20-inch corn. And you did some experiments where you did 30-inch one year and 20-inch the same oh, year. Oh, I've done tons of experience uh, experiments before I switched to from 20. 30 to 20. Yeah. That's a fun story, too. Okay. And I did a bunch of side-by-sides. Are you going to tell the story right now? Oh, I don't know. You think I should? I think you should. I think that would be good. So, the way that I transitioned from 30 to 20s is a really funny deal. It wasn't funny at the time, but it's worked out now. <laughs> so, me and, me and this other fella that... uh we used to help each other out farming. He, he, he was actually half owner of uh, our tank truck business. Okay. And uh, I would plant a bunch of his beans because we could get rolling early on, on them and he could get some early beans planted. But he would plant my corn because he was 20-inch rows. He would plant my corn in 20-inch rows and then harvest it in the fall. Okay. Because he had the equipment to do it. 20-inch okay. corn head, 20-inch planter. Yeah. I liked it. Worked out great. We did it for two or three years. You guys worked as partners. Yes. And you're no longer partners, though. No, okay. no. Yeah. So he planted our our corn one year, 20-inch rows, and then uh, him and I parted ways in the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to go out and find a 20-inch corn head to shell my corn. So now I have a 20-inch corn head, but I do not have a 20-inch planter. Mm-hmm. So... I bought the corn head somewhere in North Carolina. I had to have it shipped in here. Uh, put it on my new home combine. Got the corn out that year. I really liked the yield I was getting. I really felt like I was doing better than I would have in 15s as I was shelling it. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a 20-inch planter. So I start shopping for 20-inch planters. My goodness, those are expensive. So that gave me an idea. I decided to take a field that was very consistent, flat, square, tiled, uh, mucky type soil, but it, it it's a decent field as long as it doesn't get dump flooded with water. And ev- I took my Kinsey uh, planter, which was a 1530 uh, splitter, and every other pass I planted in 15-inch corn, hmm. and every other pass side-by-side side, all the way through that field in 30-inch corn. Okay. I played with populations and yield space and, and row spacing. And How big was this? How big was this? The field area, yeah, eighteen acres, eighteen acres, eighteen okay. acres square. Okay, okay. Uh, and I had a way wagon. I did not do this with yield monitor. I had a way wagon out there, and I weighed every single pass. Okay. And not once did the fifteen-inch corn get beat by the thirties. And most of the time, it was about a, I can't remember. I think it was like a seven percent yield advantage. Wow. Side by side, all the way through the field. But I did that for two reasons. I have a 20-inch head. Can I shell 15-inch corn with a 20-inch head? Mm-hmm. And I did. And it worked pretty good. I was very surprised. Because if you think about it, 15s and 20s don't go together, but every fourth row is going to be coming straight into the head, and then every fourth row is going to be pushing straight up against a row just because of the way it works out. Mm. So I found out that I can shell 15-inch corn with a 20-inch head. Because a 20-inch corn head is 
just about an omnidirectional head. You can almost go any way you want. You're going to get most of okay, the ears. Okay, for the non-farmers, you've already lost us. Really? I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just going to throw that out there. You think? <laughs> Absolutely. Shit. Yeah. But that's okay. Keep talking because I know you got a lot of farmers who listen to you. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, I, I did that side-by-side all the way through the field. Um, found that my, my optimum population to plant at in 15-inch rows was 36,000, which now that I've, I went on ahead and I, I so, so, okay, back up. I found out what my optimum uh, plant population was. Mm-hmm. That was good. But then I had a decision to make. Am I going to buy a 20-inch planter or am I going to next year plant the whole farm to 15-inch corn and shell it all with a 20-inch head? Because mm. that's, that was like, well, okay. And financially, I wasn't ready to invest mm-hmm. in that planter. So I, I planted the whole farm in 15 inch rows the next two years and shelled it with my 20 inch head mm-hmm. and did it. And it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I, I can tell you from my own personal experience, 20 inch rows or narrow row corn really shines on Hills and places where you might not get as much water, mm. you know, mm-hmm. you're typically drier doesn't shine quite as bright on flat ground. But for all these people on that TikTok thread that was saying, there's absolutely no difference in row spacing mm-hmm. and it, I disagree with you. Yeah, because you've I, and, done your and own I, research. And I can, I can back it up with my own yeah. data. And Nobody you, else's, yeah. mine. Yeah, that's good. That's so. cool. I remember you getting so excited about your experiments because you said, oh, I'm doing an experiment. I've got a, oh, plot, yeah. I've got a plot of ground down here that I'm doing an experiment Well, on. you know the little <laughs> flappers I put on my yes, sprayer to side yes. dress? I had to invent that in order uh-huh. to side dress 15-inch corn. Mm-hmm. And can, yeah. necessity is the mother of invention, so. So he's got these little footies that he... <laughs> I did he drives TikTok. around. I might do another TikTok on that. Yeah, here in a couple few weeks. Yeah, he's got these little footies that he puts on every year whenever he side dresses, and um, it's really funny because they they're just flapping in the wind, and they're just these. It looks bright, dumb. Yeah, it looks it looks crazy actually. The number of people that drove past my sprayer the first and second year that I used those, <laughs> they're like, "What the hell is he doing?" And what did we see last year? Somebody else with those flappers on there. Yep. Somebody else <laughs> robbed my idea and put it on. And I'm fine yeah. with it. Hey, oh, absolutely. Go, go do a better job. Yeah. Yeah. Who needs to farm twice as many acres as if mm-hmm. you can, you know, if you can double your yield, which I'm not saying I've doubled my yield by any stretch. Right. But I mean, if you could do a better job with the ground you got, go mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we've spoke about fertilizer prices, but they are up. Oh, they are. Um, Can you, can you tell us a little bit about the comparison from last year to this year? Double. Like, They're double, at least double. At least double. Yeah. Well, okay, so I use 32% nitrogen. Uh, I paid $180 a ton for it last year, and I'm paying a little over $700 for it this year. My goodness. So more than double. That is more than double. Three times. Over three times. But I didn't cut back. I'm I'm farming just the same. I'm farming this way, or Mm -hmm. this year, just the same way that I farmed last year. That goes for the dry fertilizer. Mm -hmm. That's the dry fertilizer that causes me to miss passes in in the fields, (laughs) according to a better way to farm. Okay. And uh, I, I didn't change anything okay. because we have corn prices that's sitting between six and eight dollars a bushel, which is how much more than it was last year. Two or three dollars a Two bushel. So it's um, so it's not three times as much. You're not getting three times as much, right? Out of corn, right? Uh, no. Okay. No. So it's still not. I mean, our our profits this year will be somewhat diminished from last year. Okay. Because last year we planted a cheap crop and then prices mm-hmm. rallied. So the the people that either were long on the board or had storage on the farm, mm-hmm. they've the the carriers made them some money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of people who aren't farmers that don't understand any of that, and maybe we'll get into that at some point. But well, 
Yeah. Keeping, keeping I don't know it. that I understand it all sometimes. <laughs> well, I don't, and I'm your wife, so I I really don't. Right. That's why I wanted to ask about the the fertilizer. It's it's crazy expensive. Sure. At some point, I think you were like, "This is up three hundred percent. We're gonna have to look at." I mean, and then you've got the the price of diesel. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money. Oh, it's running it's, in the it's taking a lot of money mm-hmm. to put this crop out. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know in the end that we're going to make more money. Right. You know, it's like me and a couple other farmers have said is we're just going to handle more money to get the, get to the end. Yeah. You know, the net profit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the net profit's going to necessarily be up, but it's, it's, this is definitely a time that I would not want to farm without crop insurance. Really? I bet my banker would say the same thing. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, and that's, I'm not saying that just. As a joke, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's true. It does, there's a lot of peace of mind that comes with that. Sure. For for your lending institutions, mm-hmm. is you know at least we at least we're guaranteed to get something back. Yeah. Now, why do farmers get a bad rap? Do you know? Can <laughs> well, you tell that's me? A loaded question. Okay. All right. So you've got farmers who pull out in front of people on the highway. That's one reason. <laughs> well, it is it, that is a reason. I mean, in a tractor or something. Yeah, if they're in a, in big pieces of equipment that go five mile an hour down the road or seventeen max. I mean, that's okay. So they 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 that aggravates some people, especially city folks. You well, know, we got to we got to go down the road too. Yeah, I know, but they pull out in front of people and it aggravates them. So that that's one reason, right? Well, you know what? Here, I got something to say I, about that. Okay. I'm a farmer that drives a semi hauling grain all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I'm barreling down the road. Fully loaded. 80,000 pounds. Oh, 76, in case there's any ISPs out there. Listen, <laughs> Illinois State Police listen to it. 76,000 pounds. And I, it never fails. Somebody, I, I'm barreling down the road. I cannot just stop on a dime and some asshole pulls out right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've almost gotten wrecks from it. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, I will win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win that battle. Yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> People pull out in front of us all the time, too. I get that. So, no, I get that. You know, in my, you know, I but like the, people, I, but anybody who wants okay. to bitch about that, kiss my ass. Sure. What's um What's the percentage of farmers? Are they 0.1% of the population? 2%. 2% of the population. Yep. So there's not very many farmers out there. No, 2% like, going down. Yeah. So, I mean, you're getting bigger, bigger farmers and then less and less of the smaller farmers. So you don't have, I mean, you've got an operation that... Anyways, there's not very many people who who experience that, but there are people who drive down the road and then get, I mean, they get stuck behind farm equipment yeah. and they get aggravated. Well, sorry. So, yeah. We got to make a living too. Yeah. Do you get so, aggravated at road construction? Well, yeah, I don't like it, but you do like smooth roads, right? Right. So get over it. Right. Do you like to eat? <laughs> well, yeah, I got to eat. Well, then okay. get over it. Right. You know, that's all we're doing. We're trying to feed you. Yeah. And I, now I'm not one of these people that thinks that farming holds some sort of high virtue just because I'm feeding the world. No, uh-huh. I'm trying to make a profit. I am trying to make as much money as humanly possible. <laughs> That's Ooh, the reason I farm. You greedy bastard. I know. I don't want, <laughs> and because you don't want to starve is the reason I'm doing it. Or the reason I have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me for coughing. Mm. But let no one. Let, okay. I'm not one of those people that think that uh, I deserve an extra feather in my hat because I'm an American farmer. Mm-hmm. What's another reason why why farmers get a bad rap? Oh, I mean, government you, subsidies. You mentioned crop insurance, and people think that that's a joke. Well, right? I'm, in all honesty, it doesn't stand on its own in a capitalistic society. Okay. 
because it has to be subsidized by the government. And there's Uh something to be said about that. There is something to be said about it. The free money the government gives you just for being a farmer, which I have always argued against. And that all Mm -hmm. that does is make the little farmer littler and the big farmer bigger because you just stand on different. You're Mm -hmm. standing on different playing fields. Mm hmm. Side note, if you want to know how much the farmer gets, go to OpenTheBooks.com and you can look up any farmer in any county in the United States and find out how much money they get. That's true. Yep. Very true. (laughs) Myself included. Go look up Ryan Peter and let me know what I've got. (laughs) OpenTheBooks.com. I think actually um, that organization is is out of Illinois, so it's really really cool. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of Illinois stuff. Okay. I, I spent some time on there one day. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then you get the other subsidies, right? The USDA gives out subsidies. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where you go to get them all. And that's why they say farmers are dumb and, and farmers are and stupid. And that's the reason and, their hat bills are bent because they're yeah. always looking in the mailbox for their next check. And uh, You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You okay. know, I, I've seen some farmers get huffy and puffy about it. Screw you. Sorry. What do you mean you get it and you've seen Well, these get- people don't know how hard it is to put out a crop whenever it's inputs are this high yeah and and me being a capitalist pig just say if you don't like it get the hell out of the way go find another job you don't have to be a farmer Uh if you don't like the cost of doing business find another business it's just a different game to play yeah just like the trucking industry is a is a it's a game to play red tape all the way around it and you got to get through it well but this isn't red tape this is just flat-ass free money. I'll never understand why my listeners out here right now, mm-hmm. whether you're in the greater Bone Gap area or not, <laughs> I'll never understand why any of those people who are not farmers get up, they go to work, they're paid an hourly wage at the end of every week or every other week, they get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Taxes are paid out of that paycheck. Mm-hmm. Okay? Federal taxes. The government takes it from that person who earned it, whether they're driving a semi right now as a truck driver, whether they're putting together widgets in a factory, working at Walmart, don't care, don't know, don't care. It's all work. It's money they earned. They did the work. The government takes it out of their paycheck Mm -hmm. and then redistributes it and gives it to me, gives me their work, gives me their time. Mm Mm-hmm. All because I'm just a farmer. Oh, so you're, I'm entitled. So your argument is farmers shouldn't get this money. No, none yeah, of it. Right. None of it. Right. Okay. And you don't agree with that? And that, Totally not. Because okay. most of these payments are based on acreage. Oh, so you get a big farmer, they get a big payment. Big farmers get big checks. Oh. And they could take those big checks at the next land auction and use that money to weed me out. Which is... A, which is it's kind of socialism, isn't it? It's total socialism. Yeah. Redistribution of wealth is always socialism. Ooh. That's exactly what that is. Do you think whenever people realize how much money they actually pay into the federal government and state government, like in re- redistribute that money? Yeah. Like, do you think if enough people like were like, I'm so aggravated with how much money and then they're giving it to farmers or Ukraine or whatever, like, do you think that they would revolt against paying taxes? Yeah. You think now, so? Well, mm-hmm. I've I've said it for years. I, I've heard Tony and Nick say it on the Straightforward Farming podcast. Uh, you make it so everyday Americans that have W that get W two wages and you know mm-hmm. their taxes taken out of each paycheck. Mm-hmm. You make it so they have to do the exact same thing I have to do as a farmer and write a check once write a year. one yeah. check at the end of the year and send it to the government. They'll stop. 
they'll stop. There's going to be a bunch of pissed off people because the, the, the clever thing the government knows is if you just take a little bit out of every paycheck, they don't notice. Mm -hmm. But man, if you let them have all of it and that's all their spending power, but then they get this huge bill at the end of March, into April, mid April, they got to They got to write a bill. They write a check for, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're going to get pissed real quick. Yeah. Because they're going to know at that point, they see that money in their bank account and they're going to watch it leave. Yes. And they're going to know exactly where it went. So instead of getting, you name the figure, depends on how much you make. Instead of mm-hmm. getting that 50 bucks a week taken out. taken out of your paycheck, come the end of the year, I mean, 50 times four is 200, right? Mm-hmm. And then 200 a month times 12 that's twenty four hundred dollars a year it's a hell of a lot easier to give 50 bucks a week to the government than write one check for two thousand four hundred dollars oh yeah you see what i'm saying absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. so i yeah i think there'd be a revolution if we could do that but these politicians these assholes they know exactly what they're doing I don't know. I hope that we have a, some sort of reset, you know, at some point, because I feel like it's gone too far. It's gone too far. It's too much. And I, I don't know how, I don't know what the answer is either, but I'm just, and I'm just talking blow and smoke because I don't know what the answer is other than I know that I do like nice, smooth roads. I do know that I like um, protection as far as uh, police goes and law enforcement. Military. And military, absolutely. I do believe that we do need a president. I don't believe in all of these ridiculous boards out there that have government grants. I, I, I think it's ridiculous that we pay for, you know, sea turtle reproduction studies. I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. that that's necessary. Yeah. You know, as a federal tax dollar. Farm subsidies. Mm-hmm. Stupid. It's just yeah. stupid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oil, no. oil producers so don't get why, a subsidy. Yeah. Neither do cattle producers. Which I've got. I've got. Neither some. do restaurants. Right. They don't get a subsidy. No. 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 Mm-mm. When you open a restaurant, mm-hmm. you're banking on somebody's going to plop their ass. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're banking on somebody's going to plop their ass in that seat and patronize your business to keep you open. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that's going to happen. Yeah. So why is there a guarantee that a farmer's going to be successful? I'm, I'm serious because even know. if the government gives the farmer free money, that doesn't ultimately put more food on the table. All that does is put more money in the farmer's bank account. Let me ask you this. And this might be something that you don't know the answer to, but could a farmer say you and I are married and you get farm subsidies, Ryan. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we want to maybe register my name as your wife, but a different name under a farm or under acres or buy acres under my name. Then could I get, I get subsidies also. And double up on that one acre. I don't know. No, you can't. Okay. Does um, multiple members of the family, do they register? So there's only one name to one acre, right? Or one Yeah, farm. once that okay. acre is spoken for, the FSA okay. knows, the USDA knows, that mm-hmm. acre is farmed by Ryan Peter. Hmm, okay. So it's not like I, I can go in. I was in, just trying to think of ways people would cheat the system in that way. Yeah, so, you know so what I mean? let, let's say that uh, I go in. And I, I, I'm telling the FSA, okay, this 40 over here, I farm it this year. It's in corn. Uh-huh. I do that on June the 3rd. 
I, I, I go in and I tell them what I what I planted there on June the 3rd. Okay. They mark it down. Ryan Peter Farms' this field. It's in corn. Uh-huh. Let's say two days later, three days later, Brent Strine goes to the same FSA office. Sorry, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> looks at this exact same field uh-huh. and says, hey, I farmed that and I planted it to corn. Uh-huh. Right. Then the USDA is going to go, whoa, Ryan Peter said he farms this. Yeah. And so, no, they're not going to let you double up. They're going to figure out who farms it. Well, what if, okay, so let's just say Brent's evil Knievel and he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna go and say that I farmed this, but actually Ryan's the one who farmed it, so I'm going to claim that acre. Can he do that? <laughs> I've never heard of that happening. I didn't, I mean, I don't know. That, but. So they're pretty honest, pretty well, much. Well, they're going to keep you honest. Okay. They're so, not, okay, so if the payment's 50 bucks an acre, they're not mm-hmm. going to give me 50 bucks and then not, and then give brent 50 bucks well i'm just saying could somebody claim that acre you can claim anything you want then you got to prove it ah i've heard a story what's the check but what's the checks and balances on this like who goes out and checks to make sure that that's actually ryan peter's corn and not brent you would just have to prove it i mean if you okay if you own the ground Uh that's pretty easy to do sure ryan peter owns this property ryan peter planted this property okay. if you rent the ground that's where maybe you could try a shenanigan but it still mm-hmm. wouldn't work okay so here's another angle if someone comes in and i know that this might be boring for non-farmers but i'm curious what happens if we know that there is a plot of ground that is not in the usda book okay what do you mean and then we go and say okay we we farm we farmed this ground we're going to claim that we farmed it what but we really didn't like, could you get paid for that? Because you know that that farm ground isn't being subsidized somehow. What do you mean? Like it's a pasture instead of actual farm ground? No, like it's actually planted, but the farmer who who farms it doesn't take the subsidies. So they don't See, have to turn I, it into I, I don't know what they would do there. Like I'm trying to think like a criminal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how to do that because yeah, I don't know you, how it all works. You're pretty bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. I just I, I could tell you a story of something that I know of that did I happen. know didn't that happen people to me. take advantage of all kinds of all kinds of socialism uh, programs that we have available to American citizens. Oh yeah, people take advantage of that free money. And here I am thinking, okay, we go through so much red tape on all different levels, and what is a way that people, a criminal or someone who wants to take advantage of the the subs, the farm subsidies, how do they take advantage of that? I don't know. Well, okay, for crop insurance, mm-hmm. I don't know who they were, but there was a farmer who farmed on the Illinois-Kentucky border, and he farmed in both states. Mm-hmm. From the way I understand it, your sister would know this, okay. Ashley. Okay. Uh, she works for Farm Credit Illinois. Yeah. Just- I'm pretty sure the farmer had insurance in one state, but did not have insurance in the other. Okay. And maybe it was a deal where he farmed, I'm just going to throw numbers out here. Sure. A thousand acres in Illinois and 200 in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He was going down to Kentucky and bringing all that grain back to his grain system in Illinois and claiming that he grew it in Illinois to get his yield history up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he didn't have insurance down in Kentucky, so he had no yield history he had to keep up with. And that's the way crop insurance works is your yield history. The, mm. the more bushels you can prove that you raise consistently, your average, that's the more that the, the that federal crop insurance will insure you for. Hmm. 
So if you're a shitty farmer and all you do is raise 120 bushel corn, the government's only going to insure you to 120 bushel corn. Now, wait a second. Corn. On some farm ground, 120 bushel corn is really good. So watch what you're saying. I'm talking across the board <laughs> average. Yeah, you're right. I got, I'm just saying. I got farms. Yeah, generally, if I'm 120 better... bushel corn ground, I'm not replanting the corn. So, <laughs> but no, that, this is what I'm saying. Okay. It, is, it, it, so what this guy's doing is, so in Illinois, maybe he's just a 120 bushel farmer, but... He's bringing 200 acres worth of corn across the border from Kentucky, weighing it, saying that it came off of Illinois ground, thus uh, pushing his average up. Uh-huh. And somehow or another, he got caught. Uh-oh. And I don't think it was a good day for him. Uh-oh. Do you think he had to pay back? I guarantee he did. Really? Yeah, it's okay. fraud. Yeah, it is fraud. That is insurance fraud. Mm. So... Interesting. But okay. yeah, I mean, that there's a way you can screw the federal government if okay. you want to. Sure. Well, even, even in it's a. It's screwing the taxpayer is what it is. Well, okay. But, here, I'll tell you another way that it is. Yeah. I'll tell you another way that some of these farmers screw the government. I know a big farmer around here. Uh-oh. That does this. Uh-oh. I don't know. Oh, they're, they're, <laughs> they are. Uh, okay. We'll just, we'll do that. Corey Hillabo, this one's for you. Uh-oh. So John from Staple Farms, Staple Farms, that's the big farm. Huge farmers. Is this a real? Farms. Is this a real thing? No, this is a fictitious farm that okay. Corey. I made just want to make sure. Yeah, I just want to make sure. John from Staple Farms has five hundred acres of really good ground, mm-hmm. and he's got like one hundred and fifty of really bad ground. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't want that one hundred and fifty of really bad ground. The yields off that dragging down his yield history on the good ground. Okay. Okay. Because when you sign up for crop insurance, you it's all or nothing. You can't just pick fields you want to insure. It's oh. your whole farm. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what John from Staple Farms will do is he'll uh, start an LLC. Oh. Staple Farms LLC. Oh. Not the sole proprietorship. And the LLC will farm the shitty ground. Okay. And... The sole proprietorship will farm the good ground. So okay, okay. And the and even if you don't want to start the LLC, if you have a a, a farm with some two or three brothers uh-huh. that farm together, uh-huh. well, they'll break it out to where this brother farms a good ground and this brother farms a shitty ground, and they're separate policies. Oh, now I see. So, mm. yeah. Now, that's- and I don't think that's illegal. That's kind is of it, crooked, though. Is it ethical? That's I think the it's question. Crooked. Don't you? Because I got some shitty farm ground. I would love to separate from the rest of my good stuff. Okay, that'd be a lot but, of paperwork. But they do it. Okay. So. Huh. Interesting. All right. Well, good. Good little lesson on that. Because I have you know, no idea. You said idea. you wanted to talk about agriculture when yeah. we started this morning. Yeah. And the, I did. Folks, I said, what I think you it... just heard was totally unscripted. Oh yeah. Yeah, we didn't prepare for this at all. Mm-mm. So. No, but, but but I think it's, I mean, it's good for me because I don't know, not necessarily. Well, a lot of people don't. Yeah, I mean, you're such why a small, would they? Such a small population, right. Of people, right? Absolutely. In, in, in the U.S. Absolutely. You know, so, hmm, interesting. So we had a comment on our Podbean account, and from uh, a fan. From a fan, I'm pretty sure he's a fan. Uh oh, I mean, depends on the comment. He didn't say whether or not, but the, you know, the talk about abortion was a lot, and um, we've been hitting on that quite a bit. But uh, I'll let me get this. Um, I don't know what this comment is. Jessica no, told me she had react. one. Yeah, she wanted a blind react out of me. So I don't know how you're going to answer this, and I don't really have an opinion. I don't really care to have an opinion. So that's my opinion of this question. I have zero opinion. Let's hear it. Ah. Um, 
what is your stance on birth control? As states become more and more um, against abortion, shouldn't there be more encouragement towards birth control? Why? Why not? Uh, I have no problem with birth control. Yeah. None at all. Yeah. I mean, my stance is if a woman doesn't want to get pregnant. There's uh, a way to control that. But <laughs> wants to have sex, yeah, get on birth control. Seems pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Because if the sperm doesn't meet the egg, there's no human there. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, couldn't a man do the same thing? Get on birth control? Yeah. Is there a birth control for men? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's called condoms. <laughs> but, I mean, is there a pill that a man can take? No, I don't think so. I don't think I so I have either. no idea. I don't yeah. think so. I got nothing against birth control. I think yeah. it's a great idea for somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't want to have a kid right now. Mm-hmm. My argument is, is once that, even if you are on birth control, once that sperm meets that egg, that's conception. That's mm-hmm. a human life. Yeah. It, that right there, that is, that, that, that life right there is just as valuable mm-hmm. as, as any, yeah, it, yeah, as mine, as anybody else walking around. Okay. And it needs to be preserved and protected. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yep. I don't have, I don't have, like, I know that, I know that there's a lot of religions that are against the birth control and there's a lot of people who try to do it naturally versus, you know, yeah. not taking any chemicals and adding hormones to your body. I get that. Right. That's probably where I'm leaning towards, like, but I don't really have an opinion. If, well, like, if the, people want to get on it, that's perfect. If you want to have babies, then don't take it. Well, technically, <laughs> I don't think the Catholic faith, and I'm only speaking for for Catholicism here, and I don't think they endorse birth control. Really? I don't think so. Okay. I think they're like... They push more of the natural way to do things? Well, or? yeah. The, the purpose of a man and a woman being married is to, pro, to procreate, procreate Yeah. and... Don't get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. That's not what God wants. Mm, okay. I think that's the way they look at it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. But I, but I know a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. Over half, I'm sure, the women in the Catholic Church probably are on birth control. You know, hmm. because maybe they're just at a point where okay, I got two, three kids. I don't want any more. Yeah. But I don't want to go get a what's it called a hysterectomy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to have my tubes tied. I don't want to uh-huh. go through that procedure. Mm-hmm. So I could just take this pill and avoid it, but still not get pregnant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or IUD mm-hmm. or what? All the yeah, stuff. all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have nothing somebody, against birth control. Somebody was just asking that question. Yeah. So good question. Yeah. Who was it? What was their name and where are they from? Do you um, remember? I don't have a state from where they are from. I believe oh. it is. Give me just a moment. Hold for processing. <laughs> Dan. 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 Great question. Thank yeah. you so much for. Uh, for emailing in. Mm-hmm. He, he made a comment on the Podbean account, and I said that yeah. we would address yeah. it last week, and then I was like, I was okay. spaced out last week, so I, cool. didn't, I didn't get that for you. That is all I have for you Oh, I got. Week. I've got some stories we need to go over. Okay. Uh, this one, you remember whenever uh, Elizabeth Warren was the ass of the week because she was proposing the windfall profits tax back in March? Pocahontas, yes. Guys, it's getting real. Uh-oh. Are from, you serious? From the Epoch Times, okay. Biden administration considering proposal to tax oil and gas. Even more. Call it a windfall tax. Mm. The Biden administration is considering a po- proposal to tax oil and gas windfall profits. Windfall profits. I. It's a made-up <sighs> thing. Yeah. I hate that term. Mm-hmm. As a graduate from South, Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, which doesn't mean a whole lot, I never, ever, ever, I will tell you guys this till I'm blue in the face, I have never heard the term in any, in any of the texts that I read, windfall profits. 
I, I this is it's an old term, but it's mm-hmm. only used in the media. Do you know what I've noticed? Like on social media, they've been pushing this whole. Do you know that the gas stations don't have control over the price of gas? <laughs> Newsflash. Duh. But I guess I guess with this whole Elizabeth Warren thing, that's the reason why this is being brought up. Well, people think everybody thinks that gas stations are price gouging. Yeah, like they're just deciding this. Well, why the hell are they deciding it now? Why do they always decide it when a Democrat's in office? Why didn't they decide to do the same thing whenever Trump was in office? Hmm. If they're just deciding it, I want to know. Are they just a bunch of evil Republicans that own all these gas stations and therefore, oh, my guy's in here. We're going to keep the gas price low. Yeah, oh, no. I can't stand Joe Biden. There's We're no going to raise a bullshit. Yeah, hey, what's no going way. on? Mm-mm. All right. But here's what here's Biden's idea. He's going to tax gasoline or, 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 or no, 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 not good. I'm going to change this. He is going to tax oil producers. Whenever I sell a barrel of oil, he's going to tax it. And he's going to take that money he gets from me, because I'm going to have to write him a check for it, and he's going to divvy it up amongst people buying gasoline to try to alleviate some of the pain associated with gasoline. Do what? Yeah. So he's pres- here's what it reads. Considering a proposal to tax oil and gas windfall profits to provide a gas subsidy for American consumers struggling with high energy prices. Oh, my God. The news follows a similar move in the UK to impose a 25% windfall tax on North Sea oil. 25%. That's crazy. I, I promise you, they, they pull this shit off. I promise you, folks, oil's going to $200. Mm-hmm. I pro- and it will not take long. And you know what? That would, hurt, that would put a hurting on a small, small guy like you. It'd suck. Well, remember well I mean, what I, you'd shut down if the prices didn't oh, go I just up. Quit. Yeah, if, yeah if, it if, wouldn't be worth it. If he it. thinks that he's going to take 25% of my gross income mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to keep producing or have the mentality that I need to produce more, mm-hmm. he can shove it up his ass. That's not going to happen. You know what we would do? We would open up an organic oil refinery. <laughs> we do. We have one. It's called ethanol. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> But you remember what I said about the cost of doing business right now in the yeah. oil industry is like oh yeah tubing it's rods crazy expensive yeah. yeah three times as high as what it was just three years ago yeah I mean so, so you're saying where are all these windfall profits my well, profits are not necessarily up just because it costs so damn much more to keep making it if they get that passed it would I mean we would seriously see ten dollar a gallon gas oh easily yeah easily here i mean it's already five right now and this is not even oh hell it's seven and i was listening to mike gallagher's show two days ago and he does his show live and he has he's got a text line where his listeners can text in and he said hey wherever you're at across the fruited plain text me what the price of gas is and he had people from california texting seven dollars not for premium for regular seven dollars a gallon in California, though. Hell, just in local. But we're old- here in, in BFE, Illinois, and it is over $5 it's over a gallon. over five bucks. That's over right. $5. That's right. And there's nothing around. I mean, it's not like we're in a in some kind of suburban area. Yeah. But, like I've said before, you can institute a windfall profits tax on whatever you want. You name it. Oil, coal, whatever it is. that You could make a windfall... That is not going to do one damn mm. thing to produce one more barrel of oil. All Mm-mm. it does is deter it. Yeah. And these dumbass Democrats have proof of it. You know where the proof lies? 
They've been, they, for the past 30 years, they've been in a war against cigarettes. So what was their idea? We're going to tax, tax the shit out of cigarettes. So it gets so expensive. Nobody will want them. Yeah. How come that works for cigarettes, but it doesn't work for oil? Answer me that. Uh-huh. If your mentality is I'm going to tax the hell out of cigarettes so that people won't buy them. AKA people stop buying it. People uh-huh. stop producing it. Yeah. Why doesn't that same damn thing work for oil? Cause we need oil. We need oil. Bad. It's a necessity. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not something extra. It's not a vice. Yeah. As much as these people, this is what I'm telling you. These people hmm. are freaking evil. They mm-hmm. know exactly what they're doing. Well, this is they a are part evil, of- not stupid. Yeah. This is a part of their whole green, green energy stuff too. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation with somebody this week about air conditioners and how that you can't get Freon anymore or whatever the the air The old Freon. Yeah, you R twelve, yeah. Yeah, and then and then now the stuff that we have in our house, you can't get that anymore because they don't even know what the new product is gonna be because it's not good for the environment. Whatever something R ten or A ten or something like that. I don't know what it's called, but Well you know what's they're changing it every year because of environmentally friendly chemicals that whatever which, which is it all a joke it, it doesn't it's make all, any it's sense it's just yeah. like it's just like global war it's just all a joke it's 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 all just something happened a way to control yeah you. so there's a company out there that makes a crazy environmentally friendly freon and that person has made some sort of deal with a congressman somewhere and they're going to make this law go through of course <laughs> and then that's how that person's going to get it's rich called crony capitalism and then the and then the congressman will get some sort of kickback yeah yeah, yeah. So dovetailing from this windfall profits tax, there's another headline that came out just this morning okay. that I just read. goes okay. right at Elon Musk has super bad feeling about a call economy calls to cut 10% of Tesla's staff. Super bad feeling? Yeah. Is that his words? That's what he said. Super bad. Quote unquote, super bad feeling. I feel like this is a super bad thing. Okay. But he's cutting 10% of the stuff, the, the Tesla staff. Huh. So I want to know. As oil prices are rising here, are people not transitioning to these electric cars? Because if they were, you would think he would need 10% more staff. Right. Good point. So obviously people aren't buying these pieces of shit. Mm -mm. And I'm sorry, Elon, I know you listen. And (laughs) (laughs) We're a big fan of SpaceX, but we can't afford a Tesla, okay? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what gives? What gives? I don't know. So now you got high mm-hmm. oil prices. Then you got this guy that's not going to produce any high oil prices. So you can't afford to drive your gas powered, fossil fuel powered car. Yeah. Maybe everybody will switch to electric cars. Well, then you have this guy. He's, yeah. Saying, well, so I'm going to lay off 10% of my people. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I just. Huh. Interesting. So, anyway, there's, there's your. Good uh, one. There's your global warming oil tax bullshit. You guys never forget global warming is nothing more, nothing more than a plot to take your freedom has nothing to do. Yeah. Nothing to do with the climate. So as you're farming, you are like crazy obsessed with the weather. Right. And, and so you turn on the weather channel and they push the green energy. Are they not hard to watch yeah. anymore? Oh my gosh, we were listening to it, and and it's really funny because Alden grew up down at your mom and dad's listening to the Weather Channel. There's a tune that comes on, and he dances with your dad. You know when this tune comes on or something, yeah. which is really funny. Well, it was on the other day when Alden and I were in the house, and I didn't turn it off. It just kept going, and 
It's the local this on lady, the eighth sound. This lady gets on there and she was like, it's everybody, it's nobody's responsibility until it's everybody's problem. If we don't stop, start recycling cardboard. And I'm like, do what? What the hell? Do what is this? Like it's a joke. It's oh, the card, the cardboard, like the cardboard that's that's the cardboard boxes that all and the plastic jugs that all this def shit mm-hmm. comes in. Yeah, that you see laying on the side of the road everywhere now. Right, because people just put the shit in their track tractor, whatever, and throw it on the side of the road. And keep going. That cardboard it's a BS because it's all BS because that's BS is yeah. what it is. That cardboard should never have been used right. for that product. Right. Because that's just it's it, nobody's it, responsibility until it's everybody's well, was, problem. <laughs> nobody's responsibility until it's everybody's problem. It's not yep. going to be everybody. And you know, I was planting, uh, two or three days ago and there was, it's a blurb. It was Jim Cantori, who was a meteorologist there on the weather channel. Okay. And he stated that California is in the worst drought that they've had in 1200 years, 1200, 1200 years. That's so a big deal. Okay. That is a big deal, man. That's a bad drought. Yeah. How does he know that? I don't know. <laughs> I want to know. How does he know that? Is there data from 1,200 years ago? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Was Aristotle writing down the weather every day back then? <laughs> and was Aristotle in California anyway? Oh, good point. I don't know. How does he know this? <laughs> well, I know how he knows this. Okay. Why? How? He effing doesn't. Oh, he just made it up. So he, you just think he's somebody's bl- feeding him some line of shit somewhere, and uh, as with everybody else on the Weather Channel, they bought into it and they dramatize it to make you think it's something terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know th- what always gets me is they talk about how awful these fossil fuels are mm-hmm. and how just horrible they are for the environment and the weather and everything, but then they always give you your travel forecast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like the World Health Organization talking about green energy and they're all driving or getting there with their private jets. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Al Gore had to take a private jet everywhere back in the day to tell us how bad private jets are. Right. It's Mm -hmm. hilarious. That doesn't make any sense. Totally stupid. You know, okay. Okay. So this this sums it up in a nutshell right here. So we this all is government. It's all or it's all originated by government. Mm -hmm. This whole climate change global warming bullshit Mm -hmm. the same government that did not have the foresight the intelligence back in february to go we're going to shut down a baby formula factory but it's not going to affect how much baby formula is out there (laughs) which is up to three quarters now there's a 75 percent chance when you go to the store to get baby formula in america right now you're not going to find it okay that's a real deal but that same government that can't even project three months from now that there's going to be a baby formula shortage after they physically do something to prevent it from being made. The FDA shut down that, that mm-hmm. manufacturer. That same government is the one that they expect us to trust them whenever they say in 120 years, the ocean's going to be three inches higher because of our fossil fuels. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. Screw you. Yeah, I'm not listening to your shit. No, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah. No, you're exactly right. That's that's good. Yeah. I don't know. I you know, here's something else I here's something else I was gonna talk to you about today. This okay. Is, this is gonna catch you and everyone off guard. Oh. So I'm ready. Gun violence is horrible, right? It's awful. Yeah. Anybody anybody that dies 
because they get shot is a bad thing mm-hmm. unless they're an intruder and it's in a, and it's in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Can I talk to you about baseball bat murders? Okay. Have you ever heard of the Deltona massacre in 2004? Nope. I, I, you never couple, heard A couple okay. bad guys went mm-hmm. into somebody's house. They had, they had a couple motives for doing it, but it was not good motives. And bludgeoned four people to death mm. and a dog. A family? Yep. Okay. Killed them mm. with baseball bats mm-hmm. and knives. Uh, March 23, 2022, Iowa teens used baseball bat to murder Spanish teacher. That was in Fairfield, Iowa. Oh, my goodness. December 16th, 2021, man charged with murder after Lufkin man dies from baseball bat attack. Mm. San Diego of February this year, 18-year-old man with a history of mental health issues kills his grandmother with a baseball bat. December 2nd, 2021, this is within a year. Right. Daytona, Florida, man murders co-worker at GMC dealership with baseball bat. We better shut down. September 2nd, 2021, Massachusetts man pleads guilty to 2017 quadruple murder he committed by using baseball bat. Oh my gosh. We've got to shut down the baseball league. We need to start a movement to shut down every single, we've got to outlaw baseball bats. We do. Wooden ones. And not only that, not only that, remember the uh, victims of Sandy Hook. Uh Uh-huh. In the first time in American history, they're, what was it, two or three months ago, got to sue the gun manufacturer. That's right. Of the bullet. For Sandy hook happening and yeah uh, and and that opens up the possibility of sell or uh, the Louisville slugger of, yep. you better watch out you better watch out you're coming mm-hmm. we need we need baseball bat legislation baseball bat control we need to limit the size of the baseball bat you can use the types of wood they're made out of because it's not the people it's that not the people it. that's doing it these damn baseball bats get up and they just start beating the hell out of everybody yeah it has nothing to do with the person mm. you know the one thing that I did agree with in all these headlines, this mental health issue, mm-hmm. history of mental health issues, that is the problem. Mm-hmm. And what's causing it, man, we could have a two-day discussion about that. That's true. I mean, that's true. And I don't think it's any one thing individually. I think the biggest thing, the biggest reason I think this is happening, because, excuse me, I was talking to somebody, and I will not mention their name here on the podcast, just a couple days ago and talking about this Uvalde thing and school shooting and everything. And this, this gentleman said, have you noticed these school shootings is always a white guy, a white 18 year old like Buffalo, which wasn't a school shooting. That was where this white supremacist or this guy that didn't like black people went up to Buffalo and mowed them all down. I mean, he actually studied to know this was a predominantly black community. It's Mm. awful, awful. Mm. But he said, you know, this guy said, you know, black 18-year-olds just kill other black 18-year-olds. It's white 18-year-olds that go do all these school shootings. Hmm. And I would have to do some research to confirm that. Mm-hmm. But at face value, instantly when this person said that, I thought, yeah, that's kind of right. Hmm. But I think the, the biggest reason this is happening is because the government, the United States government has taken the place of father uh, I think in the it, home. Yeah, yeah, that's, yep. I bet you, and I'm going to, I'm going to, get this research dan bongino posted something from the secret service where they're trying to figure out why this is happening and they had some good points and i'm gonna try to get it for next week's program read it to you guys mm-hmm. or the bullet points of it anyway mm-hmm. uh one of the big things was 
these kids don't have dads anymore. Mm -hmm. That's the one common denominator of a lot of these cases is the kid doesn't have a father figure in their life. And I, I'm not sorry for saying it all. Kids need dads. Absolutely. Yeah. I love moms. I love moms, but you can't get the very, very few moms have the ability to instill toughness, mental toughness Mm -hmm. and confidence in a kid like a dad can. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. And that's tough to do. And I think that that's part of the system that they've created. You know, they, they encourage, um, feminism and which, which I feel like is a, is a crazy brainwashing. And it's in, in one of these days, we'll talk about my transition from being career woman to stay at home mom and the amount of deprogramming my brain I had to go through, but the feminism that goes along with that to tell women that they don't need a man. You don't need that masculinity. It's toxic. It's terrible for everybody in the entire society. But then you, you know, you encourage the woman to become on this, well, we've got these snap and wick programs that you can have. You don't have to have that. Here's the government and here's this free money for you. You can purchase your food and pay for your baby this way. And then if you do work and you do try to get more hours or or a better job or you go to college, you can't work that much because then you're going to lose all of these benefits. You can't get married because then you're going to lose all of these benefits. That's right. You're going to lose all of this free money. And I think that there's a lot of people stuck in that cycle. Yeah. Maybe not. And I don't have that experience on my own of being in that type of cycle, but I know that it is out there. It is out there. Yeah. Yeah. And dads are extremely important extremely important i i i mean my dad i'm not his best friend but he's like my best friend Mm -hmm. and that's the way it should be sure you know and i hope that cohen and alden think the same thing about me by the time it's all said and done Mm -hmm. and can really understand like the value dads have and even if you're a part-time dad because you know you're divorced or or maybe you had the kid out of wedlock or whatever you can still be a dad Mm mm-hmm you still make sure that you you can instill toughness mm-hmm. and self-worth and value but into you, your kid. But, you know, you've also got to think about these women who, you know, are, are raising babies these days. Sometimes they don't want that. They, they've been programmed to think, well, that's just too hard. My, my baby can't handle all of that stress that you're giving them. That's, the, are you going, that's what I'm saying. Are you going towards like the abortion route there? No, I'm saying that. Because they've used that as, a, as an excuse for an abortion. Who would want to bring a kid into this world? Oh, that's true, too. That's bullshit. Yeah. What I'm saying is those moms are protective and think that it's harsh, you know, to be manly or tough. Yeah, toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. There's nothing toxic about masculinity. masculinity. It's a big turn on for me to you. Really? <laughs> Your masculinity is, absolutely. But is it toxic? No, I don't think, I think that that's a media, that's a mainstream totally. media word. That's a buzzword that they hooked onto and then all the people who call anybody a white supremacist use toxic yeah. masculinity. What's this? <laughs> Are you going to bring up Leah? <laughs> who's, who's, man. That's right, my friends. Leah Thomas is back in the news. there is never more of a fitting theme song than this yes you're right transgender update Mm. (laughs) Mm. so uh leah thomas is back in the news Uh, 
She's he, all over the place. He. He is I'm all over I'm not the calling yeah. her him, she. What's his real name? William? Mark. Michael. Mark. Mark? I th- No. Is it Mike? Maybe it's Mike. Okay. Thomas. Yeah. Mr. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> a man wearing a woman's swimsuit. Right. And it shows. <laughs> yep. And it's gross. <laughs> but, so Leah shows up this week on ESPN, the liberal bastion of sports reporting ESPN. Mm-hmm. Outside the Lines program. And uh, she is quoted as, and I watched the interview on YouTube right before we came up here. She's quoted as, and she says, trans women competing in women's sports does not threaten women's sports as a whole. Hmm. Trans women are a very small minority of all athletes. The NCAA rules regarding trans women competing in women's sports have been around for 10 plus years. And we haven't seen any massive wave of trans women dominating. So who said this? Leah. That's what she said. That's what he said. Okay. You kept calling her she and I'm like, wait a second. I'm sorry. You just had me confused. Okay. All right. So he's going in and says that this has been around for 10 years and it's not really a big deal. No, there's not been a big wave of all these trans women winning. It's It's a quote, very small minority. But you know, th- here's the thing. Tell that to the girls at UPenn competing against him. And every other mm-hmm. women's collegiate swimmer mm-hmm. that Leah beat. Right. I t- come on now. You know, and I, I still say, I still say, if this is not a big deal, I want to know where are all the women who identify as men at in they this country compete. regarding pro and collegiate swimming mm-hmm. or basketball or football, baseball, you name it, mm-hmm. you know? I can't remember which which scientist came out and said, actually, even though we have lowered Leah Thomas's testosterone, it still doesn't it still doesn't matter. She he still competes the same on a competitive level with men versus women. Yeah, there is no competition. This person will always outweigh women. Yes, because they are physically and you know different. The other thing, like <laughs> during this interview that they did. If, if I couldn't watch the interview, and let's just say I had to listen to it, mm-hmm. a man is being interviewed. Absolutely. I listen to the interview. It's a man's voice. It is voice. a man's voice. There's no doubt. But mm-hmm. it really pisses me off whenever he said it's a very small minority. Well, you know, sometimes a small minority, or oftentimes, make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. BLM is a small minority. But that it made a huge impact. Antifa is a small minority. Mm-hmm. They've done, they have done billions and billions of dollars worth of damage, vandalism. Mm-hmm. But just even let's not even talk about BLM and Antifa. Imagine if I don't know Don Mattingly, Albert Pujols, Derek Jeter. Imagine if any one of them back in college would have identified as a woman and joined the softball team. I don't know who the record holder is for home runs right now in women's softball, but they wouldn't be now. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, it's all the same thing. I, this is why it's unfair. Yeah. It's totally unfair. Just because yeah. you say you're a girl, does if you're a man, just because you say you're a girl, you're not a girl. Why do you think we end every program with Leah Thomas is still a boy? Because Leah Thomas is still a boy. He's Leah a Thomas boy. will never be able to be pregnant and have a kid. Right. I don't care if on your iPhone they do have the pregnant man emoji now. Yeah. Yeah. Never will he be able to. Ever. Yeah. And there's nothing any medical person could do Mm-mm. 
to put a vagina on him that works. A uterus would carry a baby, but yes. If you yeah. want to be scientific. You got to stick it somewhere. <laughs> oh, gosh, Ryan. <laughs> Makes me kind of want to gag a little bit. So my throat's getting tight thinking about it. <laughs> Anyways, no, that it, he's he will always be a boy. He will always be a man. And you know this, there's an interview out there. You have to go search for it because mainstream is not going to talk about it. It is of this 18-year-old child who went through transition to, um, I believe it's a girl who wanted to transition into a boy. And they did the puberty blockers and all the things. And, and, um, she talks about all of the psychosis that went on in her head and how she encourages other kids who are, who are thinking about transitioning. Right. Like she encourages them, them not to like, don't cut off your breast. It's not a good idea. Here's all the psychological things that will happen after the fact your body's trying to do something and go through puberty, um, the way that you're supposed to go. And then these puberty blockers go in, but she was able to completely transition, get her hormones back in line. Um, and I think she's 18, 19 now, right. mm-hmm. but she's going around and, and, and speaking to people, speaking to kids, yeah. about this um, yeah. because it's extremely I can't imagine like I, I mentioned this before if my mom would have said well maybe you're a boy Ashley when she wore her super tall socks and basketball shoes every single sure. day when any kid you goes know? through a tomboy stage yeah any girl any girl yeah yeah. I mean what like it's just I, yeah. I always found it funny that girls would go through a tomboy stage but I don't know of any guys my age that went through a tom girl stage I don't know I find I I think that boys who who go through their fashionable like a fashionable trends. I I really like whenever guys are fashionable. You do, and I find I mean because that's not feminine to me, but I do like it whenever guys like go through a fashion thing, and really? they they like the shoes that you know they like to wear nice shoes and like to wear you know in style shirts and not just. Tell me know. you don't like my att- daily attire without <laughs> telling me you don't like you. You have some sort of fashion sense. Usually I have to pick it up for you, but um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. whenever you have your going out jeans and I like your going out okay. jeans, okay, you're not, yeah. you're not against it. The you're stuff not, that I don't work in. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I really like your daily attire. I a white really, t-shirt and jeans. Girl. I really like it. Yeah. Especially when they're a little bit too small. They hug, they hug all the right spots. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> They're tight on your arms. You got a muscle shirt on. Oh yeah, tight around my belly too. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. How is well, your I will. How is your New Year's resolution going? <laughs> I've, I think I've gained fifteen pounds now since oh, the beginning of the year. Shoot. Oh yeah, uh, we're halfway through the year, bud. Yeah, I know. Well, at least mm-hmm. it's warmed up now. Once I get caught up farming here, get the last last few beans in the ground here. I'm mm-hmm. down to twenty acres, and then and then uh, get my spraying done. Maybe I can get up and go running in the morning. Ah, yes. We will see. You've got a lot to do. But, hey, have <laughs> you guys heard about this case? Uh, about 25 miles northwest of Louisville, 70 miles south of Indianapolis, this kid that was found. Mm-hmm. You told me about this yesterday. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, and I did some research a little bit this morning. It was, I now know it's a black kid. Mm. They're guessing five years old. Mm-hmm was found dead in a welcome to Las Vegas suitcase, hard shell suitcase out in the woods. A mushroom hunter from one report that I read found the suitcase and the kid. Mm. Um, heartbreaking story. They don't know who it is. They have no idea who this kid no is. No clue. They have the, the police who I, it looks to me like has, has done an 
excellent job here. Once again, I'm just, I'm a fan of police. Sure. There's probably a couple bad ones out there. There's bad ones anywhere and everywhere or bad people anywhere and everywhere Mm -hmm. in every profession. But these police have done a great job. Well, this kid was found on April the 16th of this year and they just buried him this past week. Mm. Uh, And I, I can't remember what town Salem, Indiana, I believe is the town. Okay. But, uh, they don't know who the kid is. The kid didn't match any missing children's records. Their so now DNA. they're starting to wonder if the kid wasn't from out of state, maybe even out of country. But the kid showed no sign of trauma. Um, after the autopsy came back, the kid died of an electrolyte imbalance. And the way that I read it was the electrolyte imbalance was probably caused by your digestive system having problems diarrhea vomiting mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. and ultimately dehydration mm-hmm. and they don't know for sure whether the kid was still alive whenever he was put into the suitcase mm-hmm. or whether he was already dead but he wasn't beat up he was dressed in clean clothes mm. but this breaks my heart it just it, <clears throat> it kills me mm-hmm. just a five-year-old yeah has no. to die like that mm. I, I don't, there is so much evil in this world mm-hmm. and they don't know, like I said, they have no idea where this kid came from. I wonder. He's not matching anybody on any missing children's uh, registry. What I mentioned to you yesterday was we have hundreds of thousands of people coming across the border and women and children and where are they going? Do we know where they're going? The, How are they yeah. documented? Are we are we figuring out where these children belong, wh- who they belong to, and 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 why isn't there an account a month and a half after of a missing child? Yeah. Why? Who? Well, why? That's, that's what I'm saying. We don't understand. And who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe this could be something as sinister as uh, someone who lives in some some morally corrupt piece of shit who lives in one of these towns has a kid mm. that they didn't take care of because they're on drugs mm. and the kid dies and they got to get rid of the body. But then, you know, maybe the mother or the father did it and well, okay. Mm. So the mother did it because the fathers have been all kicked out of the home and the mother knows she did it and just didn't say nothing. Hasn't reported the kid missing. Maybe it'll just go away. Somebody out there knows what happened here. Absolutely. And, uh, but then you've got the whole, you know, child trafficking. That could be a thing, you know. And if this kid had had problems with, you know, any kind of virus in their body, or you know, they're not able to keep anything down or keep anything in their stomach, of course they're gonna they're gonna say, well, this kid is a problematic kid, and we don't need this, so maybe we just yeah send him on his way. Right, it makes me sick. To it's think disgusting. About it. but yeah, they said uh, he was approximately four feet tall, mm. had a slim build and short haircut. You know, and the the bad thing is is I'm glad they said he's black. That helps a little bit in, in identifying Because him. initially you said you could not find out yeah. what race is what. Because that was my first question. Well, was he Hispanic? Was he white? Was he black? What, right. What was he? And I could not find that information. Yeah. Today I found it. Thank goodness. Okay. But, you know, the poor little boy. How do you handle that? You can't just take a picture of his face when he's dead and no. put it out there on the media to say, do you, if you recognize this child, please call. But it's almost like that's what you have to do mm-hmm. to see if somebody recognizes who that is. Mm-hmm. Put it all over national news. That way, grandma that's three states over happens to see the nightly news and goes, well, that's my grandson. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, you know, they haven't released a sketch, and I don't know whether they will. Um, but, I mean, just to, to tell me that he's black, approximately four feet tall with a slim build and short haircut. <laughs> well, well I, that doesn't narrow it down very no. much. Come on, give me, give, let, let me help. Yeah. But you got to give me some tools to help. Yeah. You know, I just. I wonder if that's on purpose. Well, like I said, I, I don't know how you deal with that regarding a deceased human. Yeah. That you, an unidentified deceased human. How do you get their face out there? Did they call him Joe, Joe Doe? They named him Angel. Angel Doe. Yeah. Okay. They just named him. They didn't even name him Doe. But, okay. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because in such a horrible situation, there are just tremendous people out there. And the people of Salem, Indiana uh-huh. have obviously, they've got some tremendous people in that community. Because they took this little boy, this poor little boy, and they, they buried him. They gave him a funeral, and they buried him. But yeah. um, the the unknown angel identified boy found in suitcase laid to rest in southern Indiana. Mm. Um, the questions that the the chaplain for the sheriff's office said is like, how did this happen, and why did this happen? Mm-hmm. This little boy wasn't respected in life, and we, Washington County, Indiana, want to make sure that he's respected in death, Murphy said ahead of his funeral burial in Salem. And, you know, it, it quoted another cop. And I, I just, I take my hat off to these people that, that did this for this little boy because they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But another cop quoted said, he's an unknown angel who's been adopted by us. Mm. An angel is what we will call him. Mm-hmm. And... I, I over a hundred people showed up at the the funeral in the wake. Wow. I mean, this is for mm-hmm. an un, unidentified five year old. I mm-hmm. I just you know I this this uh this other cop said we never knew him in life, but he brought us together in love and kindness. Mm-hmm. And it is a it's a tragic story. I I just can't imagine that much evil. But yeah. you know what? That there was some good. Mm-hmm. At least some good got to shine through it. There are good people out there. That do the right thing for this poor, poor little boy. Yeah. I, I wish, you know, as a human, I wish I could have found him the day before he was stuffed in that suitcase. I would have mm. adopted him and raised him here. Because mm-hmm. he's a boy. He's just a little boy. He's innocent, the essence of innocence. And it's just, if if you, if I, I seriously doubt that this podcast, anybody, I'm sure some of you have probably heard of it, but if anybody has any information uh, regarding that, Contact the Salem Police Department in Salem, Indiana, or shoot me an email, and I'll I'll forward the information to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, this young man, he he got the dignity of a funeral and a burial, mm-hmm. which is is a great thing. But he needs justice needs to be served. Sure, we got to find out who did this mm-hmm. and stuff their asses in a suitcase. And then what do you? I mean, and and, and let them lay out to die so a mushroom hunter can find them. Mm. That's what needs to happen. When you talk about kids, it just gets me all balled up. I well, just get hard, all balled up. It's hard up. to talk about. The, yeah. What is it with these people, this war on kids? I don't get it. Well, I mean, you've got the war with the mind of the children and confusing them about genders at such an early age. I mean, that's, that is an attack on children in itself. Period. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got the shootings, all of the shootings. Yeah. You know, there's a report I heard was 26 shootings already this year involving children. Well, but right now they're 26. No, I know. It's awful. Now, the reason you're hearing it is because of Uvalde just happened and the media is all, I mean, 
liberal media is all against guns and they're going to use every single shooting mm-hmm. as a reason to take guns. There's no reason I need to turn in my nine millimeter. Any of them. No. Or a shotgun. No, there's not. Or a rifle. There's not. Not, not, a, not one good reason I can't defend myself or my family here. That's right. That's exactly right. And, and because we give those up, the bad people are always going to do what bad mm-hmm. people... Robbing a bank is illegal, but it's but criminals still do it. Exactly. There's no law that's going to stop this. Yeah. That, I mean, get you dads have, back in a home. Yeah. Get God back in school. In school. These are the only mm-hmm. things that's going to start to curb this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you want to boil it all down. It's not, And it's not violent video games. It's no. not. I played Contra as a kid. I don't know what that is. It's a Nintendo game okay. where you just shot people and you killed them. And I never once thought about going out and doing something like this. You've got parents who are so addicted to their phones and their own life that they don't have time to really teach ethics to their children or morals. Well, so for you that see, matter. that's just the lack of parenting part. Well, yeah. I mean, it's because because our society has accepted every single little thing, and they've got they've got their own they've got their own agenda. That yep. that person is so dug into their work and life that you know the the. Children are being raised by the school kit, by the school government teachers, and then the the daycares that they send them to, and and then you're at home, and the parent just wants to relax because of the stress and the the amount of right. E- the kid, everyday the kids just aren't loved. Yeah. They're just not. I would loved. I would say that even some parents who do love their children still get wrapped up in the everyday hustle and bustle of of we the all, life that we have. We of, all do. Yeah. But we don't totally disregard our kids, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm, well, we're not perfect by any means, but I'm just saying. Speak for yourself. There's, <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> you ain't perfect, buddy. I promise you did. No. <laughs> um, no, but I, I'm just saying that even sometimes we get so wrapped up into, like even when I was working, like I would get so wrapped up into, I need me time because it's such a me, me focused society. Um, in the States, especially it's not, this is our family and this is, this is what we do. And we don't, you know, we take time out for, for dinner every single night and we take time out for Sunday, you know, and spending time with God every single week. Right. You know, we don't do that every week. Um, and a lot of people don't anymore. Oh yeah. I, I I, yeah, I, I'm, I know, I know. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, but and then you can't you can't have any morals in our society anymore because you've got to be accepting of everybody else's lifestyle. And why? Yeah, exactly. I mean, wh- you're why? not you're not allowed to cast judgment upon mm-hmm. somebody that you disagree with, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. You, I've I've said it before in this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of people saying, "Well, I shouldn't judge." No, you should. Because you should. You, got- you. We don't have the power to condemn them to to hell, right? Nor do we have the power to get them to heaven. That's up to them. Mm-hmm. But I do have the power to decide what my kids see, mm-hmm. what my kids hear, and what my kids know is acceptable or unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And I can judge somebody who's doing something the opposite of what I think is acceptable or unacceptable, mm-hmm. and keep them sheltered from it. Yep. Keep them away from it. Yep. Until they're old enough that we can have an intelligent dis- discussion about it, mm-hmm. they can rationalize why I think the way I think and hopefully mm-hmm. agree with me. Right. Right. Unless I'm proven to be wrong down the road. And I don't see how I'm ever going to be proven to be wrong that a person who gets a sex change is telling not telling God they got it wrong. Hmm. 
I, I just, I, I, I believe that. I believe Leah Thomas is telling God, you messed up and I'm going to fix it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can't imagine trying to explain Alden right now. So he's almost four. He'll be four at the end of the summer and, or sometime in the summer. And he July 25th. Is, <laughs> he is, <laughs> um, he's, he's wondering why mommy looks the way that I do and daddy looks the way that he does. And so we've always made the different, the different, um, tried to make him or help him decipher boy and girl, sir right. and ma'am. You know, you know, he's been asking mommy, that to me a lot lately. Yeah, he wants to know, you know, why does why does daddy only have a chest and mommy has different things? No, like whenever yeah. whenever he asks, okay, so we'll be going down the road mm -hmm. and he always asks, like he's totally always asking, who farms that ground? Whose ground is that? Uh -huh. And I'll say the farmer's name. Uh -huh. But then he'll ask, is that a boy or a girl? Yeah. And I, Cohen never did that. No. Cohen never asked if it was a boy or a girl. Okay. And he's asking if it's a boy or a girl. Well, he's trying to figure out if it's a mommy or a daddy because he's asking that to me a lot. He'll say, is that a mommy? And I'll say, oh, look at that baby. And, and he'll ask me, is that a mommy? And if it's a man holding a baby, he'll say, is that a daddy? He's just, he's okay, just so learning. Okay, so he's just learning. He's just learning. Well, I sure now what? hope some of these Nickelodeon programs or whatever that subtly... Mm. they're starting to mm -hmm. put this stuff in his brain where he's even got to ask that question. Yeah. Well, there was a program that he was watching the other day. It was actually yesterday and they called it something other than Christmas. And it was talking about some kind, and I could not tell you what it was, but I told him to turn it off immediately. Cause once I figured out that he was, they were, they were referring to something other than Christmas. They were calling something a, I'm just going to make something up uh, like a Schloman tree. And then the, um, Instead of a Christmas tree? Instead of a Christmas tree or Schloman, Slomas time or something like that. Okay. Slomas tree or Slomas time. And it wasn't Christmas tree. And so I, I had him turn it off and I said, Alden, they are calling Christmas something other than Christmas. And that's not right. And that's not right. And I said, anybody who says anything other than Christmas is wrong. Because, Happy holidays. Yeah, because Christmas is about Jesus celebrating Jesus' birth. And Jesus is Christ, and it's Christmas, period. Christ. Christ. Yeah. Christ must. Yes, I'm sorry. Exactly. Whatever. No, but, yeah. But that's, I mean, I had to tell him that anybody that says anything different, they're wrong. I don't care what that TV program says, they're wrong, period. So I have to pay attention to that. I mean, even dino ranchers are talking about, um, uh, they they had these two dinosaurs, they were male dinosaurs, haul like hanging out with two rocks acting like they were eggs. Wow. That is a Disney. I, yeah. Dino Ranger. It's not something that we watch anymore, but that is a Disney program too. And then these little kids and these dino ranchers are saying, Oh, they would be such good daddies, you know, but that's not something that you tell a three-year-old because no. he's, he's now trying to understand why mommy has the parts she has, why daddy has the parts he has. And what is he? He's a yeah. boy. He is a boy, period. Yep. And there is no, I mean, nothing else is going to say, oh, nothing is going to change that regardless. Right. Like, no. Right. And he'll say, I'm a boy. And and for a year now, he said, I'm a sir and you're a ma'am. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. I'm a sir, you're a ma'am. Right. Period. So I can't, in my mind, it would be hard for me to say, okay, to put Alden in a, in a position, you know, where there are two men in the house. You know, he doesn't have anything else to compare it to, so it's just men. 
He doesn't have right. like body parts to say, oh, mommy is built this way and mommies feed their babies with those things and daddies don't have those things because daddies don't feed babies with their right. chest. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so, sure Pete J- Buttigieg and his husband are really having a struggle with this baby formula shortage right now. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even laugh. I thought that was kind of funny. Well, it's so ridiculous, It is. Ryan. It's stupid it's as It's so hell. ridiculous. And that guy's trying to chest feed. What a joke. Just I mean, do Disgusting. they hate women? Disgusting. Because they don't have the parts that women do. Disgusting. Yeah. Is Anyways. All it is. Anyways, do it you hear is. about the Sussman trial? That's where I was getting ready to go. I don't okay. want to spend a whole lot of time all with right. it because all I'll do is get really mad. Yeah. Okay. Well, we knew this was going to happen because remember, I told you that there were three Clinton donors on that on yep. that jury. And an AOC donor. And now we know an AOC donor. Yeah. And then the, I think the chief juror, whoever the, the lead juror is, came out and said, well, there's bigger things to worry about than just lying to the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Cash Patel and his his posse are like, yeah, there's bigger things to come. There's bigger indictments coming. So just get ready. We'll find. I don't. And you know what? If there's no justice, who cares? That's true too. But I think it exposed a lot of what DC is. Now, last time I talked about the Sussman trial, we were talking about there's a fifty fifty shot that you're going to get a Democrat or Republican on the board or on the jury. I'm right. sorry, I was wrong. Five percent of DC voted for Trump in 2016. Oh, I know. Yeah. 5%. 95% of the voters in Washington, D.C. voted Democrat. Yeah. So yeah. there you have it. There is not, you cannot get a fair trial nope. in in D.C. at all. You sure ever. can. <laughs> sure can. There is not going to be a 50-50 shot there. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to talk about Sussman. I will get okay. really mad. Because, so. Okay. Because it was pretty blatant. pretty blatant. It was an open and shut case. Yeah. Yeah. And America lost. Okay. And it was an open and shut case. Have you? If you and I did anything <laughs> okay, like you're, this. You're getting fired up now. You're getting fired up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Have you encouraged anybody to watch 2,000 Mules lately? No, not lately. I told Stu he's got to watch it. I said, you've got to watch it. You've got to follow Greg Phillips because they said, okay, so 2,000 Mules now is about the election. Who is Greg I'm Phillips? Gonna go, I'm going there. Okay. 2,000 Mules is the Dinesh D'Souza documentary about the election, the 2020 presidential election all the elections and they talk about these ballot people going in they have videos um they talk about the struggles trying to get the videos and proof they have these mules on video dropping off ballots in these boxes okay right all right so greg phillips is a 40-year election integrity data guy okay yes he knows data right yes yes he does there is a lady named katherine engelbrecht who is the president of truthevote.org. Yep. All right. They got together. They used their data. They created all of this data. They did all the data um, mapping and all the things and then put it in this documentary. So they come out and they go to an Arizona hearing, which now there have been two two, uh, people arrested. Mm -hmm. One of them was a school board member. Yuma County, Arizona. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so um, so if you haven't watched 2,000 Mules, you've got to. If there is any notion in your brain that this election was not stolen, you've got to watch that movie. And if you watch that movie and still think that it was a uh, not rigged, <laughs> I'm gonna I'll do you a favor. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot and never vote again. Uh, yeah. You are a freaking yeah. moron. Mm-hmm. It is like, I mean, it's black and white proof. It right is. There. So um, I listened to the hearing out in Arizona this week, and then he goes out and says, 
Um, we're actually working on a case. We're gonna we're gonna release all of these um, non governmental organizations that these people went and picked up these ballots from. So wherever these people got the ballots from, they're gonna release the names of these non government. They call them NGOs, non governmental organizations, and um, there. So we'll find the names out in the near future. And then he says, we are actually working on something else that's 10 times worse than 2,000 mules. And in my brain, I can't think about what that is. I can't make up a scenario that's 10 times worse. I mean, I, I can't can, either. I can imagine something, but I'm just like, okay, that, I mean, if our elections are <laughs> rigged, rigged, what's worse than what's that? Worse than that? But he says he's got something but he's worse something than that. 10 times worse than that. He said that in two different interviews as of yesterday or early this week. So for I, the sake of America, I hope he's wrong. I don't think but, so. But for the sake of America, if he, if it's true, mm-hmm. it needs to be found out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're losing this country fast. I, there are good people here. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I mean, look at the damage that's happened here in the past two years. Oh, I know. Yeah, for sure. Horrible damage. Mm-hmm. I I am just bracing myself. I am like, okay, I'm. I don't have the need to know like I used to after the election was stolen because I knew it was stolen. I don't have that want and need to know. I need to focus on our family, our home, and you know, do life and and then listen to the politics and stuff for entertainment. That's yeah. what that's what I'm gonna do. Um, <laughs> I'm going to trust God and there's number one, make sure oh, absolutely. And make sure that we are taken care of as a whole. There is never a better time to live where we live. Out here in right flyover now. country. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, the, about, you know, the, the greater bone gap area is a really nice area. It's great. Anybody who lives in flyover country, you're in a great spot, I think. Yep. Um, and you can say, well, I live out in the, you know, a suburban area and it's a really nice and I, that's all good. I will argue with anybody. This is the best place to be. Your neighbor is still your neighbor. Yeah, you have the grumpy ones, but I'm sure 99% of those neighbors would do anything for you if you were in trouble. Damn right. There was an accident up here by the stop sign that we live close to, and every single person that drove by waved. And I'm right here. Like, and if they if they needed anything, or if I ever needed anything, I know I could stop at my neighbors. Yep. And you say every person me. that drove by waved, isn't they? Didn't yeah. try to help. No, 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 no. They, oh. I'm sorry. They drove by the house, meaning that they. Oh, they drove. Okay, not by the accident. They, yeah, they drove by the, the house. Detour, they uh-huh. had to drive by the house, and every mm-hmm. time, the, every car that came by, they just waved. Yeah, they waved. They're nice people. Right. Yeah. Right. Because, like I've said before, as we get all wrapped up in all the evil in society and how the, we feel mm-hmm. like this country's falling apart, mm-hmm. the only thing you got to do, folks, the only thing you got to do is fire up your grill, make some hamburgers, turn off your phone. Turn the phone off unless you just want to play some good music yeah. and invite your neighbors over. Yeah. And shoot the shit. The people that you the, the people that are around you, the people that you are friends with, mm-hmm. that, you know, obviously since you're neighbors, you have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Go hang out with them. Speaking of um, starting off summer, we went to a truck pull last weekend. We sure did. And Seth you, Swanson had a truck pull. What a good time. You were the MC. I was the MC and of. the announcer, of, and I failed miserably, I, I felt like. Everybody else yeah. said I did good, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, the more beer I drank, the better I got at it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. That was a it was good, a good one. time. Yeah, we had Real a good, good time. time. Yeah, that was funny, but, though. Because well, being on a podcast and being out in front of people, like announcing... Totally <laughs> different. Totally different. It is different. Yeah. But, well, because like right now, me and you's having a conversation. Whenever yeah. you're the MC of an event, yeah. you're not having a conversation. People no. are just 
listening to mm-hmm. you. The whole time you were like, Jessica, stop chirping in my ear. And I'm like, well, you're supposed to make it entertaining. You're not saying a word. I, I, I don't. <laughs> okay, that was like the third truck pull I've ever been to in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how those work. Yeah. And then, and then you know, and you tell, kinda, kinda telling wanted... the length that somebody pulled. And then I'm yeah. supposed to say uh, thank you to the Belmont Fire Department for uh-huh. showing up and volunteering uh-huh. to be here in case we need them. Uh, pork burgers are for sale up there. If you guys want some <laughs> meat, go get it. You know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said le- like adult lemon shakeups. One dollar make you holla. You did say that. And those girls came back. They're like, girl, they're six dollars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, shoot, I'm sorry. I should have said six, but well, I had no idea. Need to get going. It was really funny. Need yeah. to get going. My dad's get just made field. me antsy. So we're up here in the oh, studio. I'm yeah. looking out the back window, which is the last 20 acre field that I have of beans to plant. Uh-huh. And dad's working her down. All right. So as the American flag flies, I love this. For those of you who ever want to visit this area, you need to see the studio and just see the the view that I've got looking at our American flag that we got put back up mm-hmm. after the wind took it down there a month ago. Yeah. But cut our the, rope in half. The, yep. Mm. The, the American flag, the view of 10,000 acres, and now it's all starting to turn green because the crops are in the fields. Just flyover country is great. And it's another reason he won't let me have any trees. That's right. I don't mm. want a tree. I don't want to obstruct this view. Mm. It's a beautiful view. Mm. But anyway, I could use a tree. So, I hope you guys liked our uh, summer music series that we started last week with Eric Church. That was my pick. So now this is Jessica's pick. And the whole reason we're doing this, the whole reason we're doing this is I just thought it would be fun. You know, you guys are obviously getting to know our personalities very well with this podcast. You know how we think. Well, we want you to know what we might listen to. We want you to know a little bit more about us. This is what you might hear. These, this kind of music is what you might hear whenever we're outside swimming or cooking out or hanging out with friends. These are some of the songs you might hear. Just in an effort to let you guys know our taste of music. And Jess <laughs> and, and I's taste. Pick. Yeah, Jess and I's taste is not exactly the same. Totes so that's what's going to make it fun. Totally so different. So last week, mine was Eric Church. I haven't decided what next week yeah. for me is going to be. But this week is Jessica. Jessica, uh-huh. what do you have in store for us? The Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Doobie Brothers. I, didn't, I was a big fan of the Doobie Brothers before I knew what a Doobie was. <laughs> 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 I still don't know what a doobie I'm is. I'm pretty sure it's marijuana. But. Well, I, but I don't know, no. Oh, you don't because no. you've never done marijuana. No. I can't say so I, I don't know, no. <laughs> gotcha. But anyway, yeah. so that is Jessica's <laughs> pick for this year. And it's good. For this, this week. This year, this yeah. week. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something you'll probably hear around our pool this weekend mm-hmm. after I'm done planting. If you want to reach out to the show, bushelsandbarrels1 at gmail.com. That's right. P.O. Box. 127, Belmont, Illinois. That's right. Jesus Christ is still our Savior. Absolutely. Leah Thomas is still a boy. Mm-hmm. You were born an American. Don't forget to be one. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.